I, I think I'm looking for your permission, though, to shave my entire body. I think that is what's actually happening here. Because I can't take it anymore with the stupid thing crashing all the time. Which means for the next six weeks, I see on Facebook ads for the products I'm trying to get rid of on eBay. Hey, welcome to The Bitterest Pill. It's Dan Class. I'm in my garage under the flypath of Los Angeles International Airport, uh, streaming live on Periscope, recording live uh, to my uh, poor chug-chug-chugging laptop. Anyway, uh, yes, here we are. How have you been? What I did... Okay, now that I stream... Let's let's dive right in. Now that I semi-stream the show to Periscope and then record videos, so it, just in case I say something worth pulling out of the show and putting on YouTube, I'm now become, I've now become even more self-conscious of how I look. Now, for a very diminutive, aging, bald individual with corrective lenses... And no uh, discernible aesthetic uh, anything going on. I'm incredibly vain. So last time uh, I recorded, you know, it's it's summer. And it's summer, so that means I have to record in um, short sleeves. Because it gets very hot here in the studio garage, studio garage, studio. Okay? It gets up to about 85. At least that's what the thermometer says. The thermometer will, will always say 85. Although, what's it say right now? It says 80. Okay. So what? So last time I recorded uh, the show, I was in my uh, short sleeves. Okay. And because I have a couple of cameras on me, I was able to see the recording afterwards. I was reminded at how uh, hair suit I am. Hair suit is a fancy word for someone who looks like they're wearing a hair suit. So what I did between that, so. And also, now, like I said, I'm bald. But I tend to wear my hair approximately a quarter of an inch long all the way around. Which means that I, you know, I'm bald on top, but I do have these quarter inch... And I I know, that doesn't sound like that much. I know. But when it's all you have up there, it's... I look like... Because it's a little spotty up there, too. I look like someone that really should just shave the top of his head and just refuses to do it. Which is what I am. So then every once in a while, this time of year, it'll get hot and I'll get a little vain about something and then I'll cut all. So now my hair is an eighth of an inch all the way around. Kind of my, you know, semi Walter White look. But because I was so self-conscious because of the, um, because of the video, I, I, (laughs) this is so embarrassing, but I have to tell you because that's what these shows are about. I trimmed the hair on my arms with my trimmer and maybe even a little bit on my chest. And it's not the first time I've manscaped. And listen, in Los Angeles, I got to tell you something. I'm rolling up my... So what I... Look, see, that is not the arm. See, this is why you should watch on, on camera. That is not the arm of the man that was here. I cut the hairs off my arms. Now, if I had my way, honestly, I would shave my entire body because I think body hair is disgusting. And I've gotten to the point where I think it's disgusting even on me now. 
And I don't know if we even mentioned this on the show in the past, but I keep seeing these things where um, certain women are trying to make armpit hair fashionable, which I can get behind a little bit. Not, I, mean, I would never encourage it, but I, I, I maybe could wrap my head around it. But then some women are real like are trying to get leg hair to be fashionable and that is never going to happen for me. I am never ever ever going to find leg hair on a woman desirable. I am not joking when I say to you. It would be I think easier for me to be with a woman that had a penis than a woman that had leg hair. I know. I know. I know that doesn't make any sense. But there's just after a half a century of conditioning women have shaved legs. So if a woman, maybe a woman could have shaved legs, but just like a really tiny, cute little penis, like a small one that we could work with. If it was tiny and cute and somehow feminine, maybe shave the hair around it in a heart shape or something. But there's something about leg hair that I just can't. I know that doesn't. I know it's completely. I know. It's completely. I, I want to shave my body, I think is what I'm saying. And I think, you know, maybe it's just because I'm in L.A. When I go to the beach in Los Angeles, nobody has chest hair. None of the guys, I mean, obviously the women, none of the guys have chest hair. Like, I don't, what do they do? Do they all get waxed like as 40-year-old virgin? Is that what it is? Is that they're all waxed, their backs are, everything is waxed? When did we make that switch? I completely missed the wax your chest switch over. And I'm not sure I'm down with that at all. I don't think I don't think I can do that. May I want I think what I, I I think I'm looking for your permission though to shave my entire body. I think that is what's actually happening here. Listen, when you're my age and you have no hair and you've been married for what is it, like 22 years or something? You, you, right? You start to lose it, I think, a little bit. You know? So we had friends over. Some friends of ours were in town last weekend, on Friday, that we hadn't seen in 15, 10 or 15 years? I don't know. I don't think I've seen them since their daughters were babies, and the daughters are now in 10th grade. So that's a long time, right? And I get very worried when people are going to come over because I have to straighten up and we have to decide what to serve for food and drinks, alcohol, wine, uh, soda pop beverages. So I get very worried, but I always console myself in thinking, well, at least uh, I'll get a show out of it. Because something will go horribly wrong. Something will fall and break. Some rat will get put on the wall and eaten by crows. Some, something will go down that will make good fodder for a recording. And you know what? It was a very disappointing evening in that way. Our friends came over, Dave and Denise and their daughters. They just came over. We chatted. We got caught up. We ate dinner. We had some dessert. And they left. And it was fun. And that was it. And that is absolutely no help to me as a podcaster whatsoever. Whatsoever. 
The poster got done. You know the karate poster that I took to Staples? It finally got finished by Office Depot. Now, I don't, I don't remember when we spoke last because the last recording was so weird and it took so many different sit-downs. But the poster I took to Staples that took so long, it took th- two weeks and they never did it. Did I get to the part where I told you that part of the reason it didn't get... Yeah, I think I did, right? They were waiting for me to pay them. They finally said to me, oh, yeah, it's been sitting at the thing, the thing that we sent it to, but they didn't print it yet because you didn't pay. And I said, but I didn't pay because you didn't print it yet. You see how that's usually how it works? Like, you perform the service, I pay you for the service. The reason it went over to the other place is because I asked you to do a service that you could not do. Why would I pay you for a service that's crap in hopes of you getting it right eventually? And I didn't pay you because you never asked me to pay you. You just kept printing crap. So if you want me to pay you, mention it. And then I could say something like, well, why would I pay you? You're putting out crap. Maybe if you print out a nice one, I'll pay you for the nice one. No. Apparently, if you take something to Office Depot to their copy and print center, they just copy or print whatever you need copied or printed And then you give them money and then you leave with the item. As bizarre as that seems. It's getting warm in here already. And I put this jacket on again because of my vanity, because I knew a couple of you would see me. And I think I look crappy in this shirt. Even though it's a nice shirt, it's a very nice shirt. My wife likes this shirt. My son likes this shirt. My son's orthodontist likes this shirt. And I've told you about the orthodontist before. I had to take Hudson to the orthodontist. Now, he's with this orthodontist named Dr. uh, What's her name? Goldberg? Bergstein? Bergstein. There you go. That's a good one. (laughs) He said, deciding on a fake name. Um, So, my Hudson's been going to this woman, Dr. Bergstein, for you know, however long it's been, like three years, probably three years now. He didn't even really need that major correction on his teeth. But but my wife wanted him to be, you know what I mean? So he went to Dr. Bergstein, who um, I think I've told you about before is beautiful. She's this beautiful blonde. Her, she married a Jewish doctor. So she's obvious, she's like, her maiden name is probably Milky White or something. I don't know what. She's blonde and willowy and she's fun and nice and sweet. And s- Like if, if I cast an actress, I've said this before, if I cast an actress to play Dr. Milky White Bergstein in a TV show, it would seem like a stupid TV show. It would seem like, oh, I got it. Yeah, she's in Beverly Hills. She's blonde and a try. I get it. But I'm telling you, she is. And... Dr. Bergstein, Milky White, likes this shirt. And I like the shirt when I see myself in the mirror in this shirt, but then I saw myself on camera in this shirt, and it looks stupid because I have no body mass except for from my sternum to my belt. And apparently my shoulders are actually a lot narrower than I realized, or at least on this webcam. I don't know if I got the special shoulder-narrowing webcam. But I look like a frail, frail old man with some sort of tapeworm 
who happened to buy his own microphone and is now doing a podcast out of a very sweaty room. So that's why I'm wearing a, a corduroy jacket over the shirt that Dr. Dr. Bergstein likes. What was I talking about? Vanity? The poster? The karate? Oh, we had a, okay, so Hudson and I had to go to a karate seminar. Now, once a year, our grandmaster does a karate seminar for the adults, a karate seminar for the little kids, a karate seminar for the quote-unquote juniors. And the juniors are about 13 to 17, okay? But I can't go to the adult karate seminar because we'll be away or something, maybe, I don't know, don't come and rob us. But we, uh, I can't go, okay? So the idea was that Hudson and I, because he's in the junior age bracket, Hudson and I would go to the karate seminar together for the juniors together at the same time. Together. And we were really worried because we'd never been to a six-hour karate seminar before. We're used to going to an hour-and-a-half karate class, which I can barely make it through because I feel like every bit of moisture is being jettisoned from my body at once how is how am I going to survive? What I can barely survive for 1.5 hours, and I'm going to ask you to do some math soon. 1.5 hours. All right, so six hours minus one—that's five hours. How many times? How many karate classes is that seminar? It's kind of four minus an hour. So four classes minus an hour with a couple of breaks. We did have some breaks, but I'm still Hudson and I were very worried about surviving a six-hour karate seminar of punching and kicking and doing push-ups and kicking and katas and kicking and punching and it's sweating for six hours. So we that's what we did. So we, we did our normal warm-up and then we kicked and punched and then we did katas and that's where you practice kicking and punching but in a specific order. You know what that is, right? And then we did sparring. But uh, there, enough adults showed up that I actually was sparring with adults, which was fine, except I was worried that I had to do six hours. Six hours of sparring with adults and then katas and then sparring and then katas and then sparring and then lunch and then sparring and then katas and then sparring and then break and then sparring and then katas and then sparring. And I'm so horrible at sparring. And also, right? And most of the people there are also black belts and me. And I'm so horrible at sparring. And he, the Concho, the grandmaster, literally says to one of the guys, okay, just stand there with your arms to your sides. And I'm going to have Dan try to punch you. And then, you know, whatever. Let's see what happens. So here I am. I'm five foot six and a half and shrinking. I don't know how much I weigh. I'm a tiny person, I think. I think I'm tiny. I, I'm tiny ing even. I'm getting smaller as I get older. I'm standing in front of a six foot tall, 250 pound black belt who literally is just standing there kind of laughing at me because he's been told to not even bother putting his guard up. That is the level of sophistication that my sparring has reached 
This man's defense is to just stand there and laugh at me, to humiliate me into not attacking him. And you know what? Kind of works. I don't really have anything else to... I don't... I'm going to be honest with you. It's already getting hot. Here, let's look. Yeah, it's getting up to... Yeah, it's about 85 now. I should take off... The, I, I'm going to take off the jacket so you can see my... What this webcam dubs, does to my shoulders. Now, my real shoulders in real life. For you ladies who are watching. I'm actually... Uh, I have very broad shoulders in real life. And when we rendezvous at some convention or something... You'll see. It's so sad. When I go on Amazon, uh, no, when I go, okay, hi, how are you? When I go on Facebook, I don't want Facebook to advertise to me things that I've already purchased on Amazon, but they don't know I purchased them. They just know that I searched for them. Okay? And every once in a while, I'll put something on eBay to try to sell it like old tap dancing shoes of my daughter's or some old training shoes or training wheels that she didn't need anymore. So every once in a while, I'll put something on eBay. But before I do that, I kind of check out what the market price is for that item, which means I search on eBay for tap dancing shoes, which means for the next six weeks, I see on Facebook ads for the products I'm trying to get rid of on eBay. Listen, we're, what are we now, like 10, 15 years deep into the whole online shopping thing? I know Facebook has like buttons and we all joke around how we want, we want dislike buttons. What we need is a button that goes, yeah, I got it. Okay, this ad has done everything it's ever going to do as far as I am concerned. We need to move on. And I think advertisers would be down with that because listen, if you keep showing me the pre-roll on uh, YouTube of the D-bag who has a Lamborghini in the background. You know, I'm talking about the Lamborghini D-bag. I'm not going to buy anything from the D-bag with a Lamborghini. You should start coughing up a Hardee's commercial or something for a show on Hulu or something because the D-bag with the right. He's wasting his money and it's just making me hate you. YouTube. So can we somehow get on that? Some sort of smartware, some sort of iPhone plug-in app, some sort of cookie edition where I can click a button and tell YouTube and tell Facebook, listen, I got it. I got it. Okay. Whatever you're trying to sell me, I either already bought it or there's no freaking way I'm going to buy it. Show me another ad. I, I'd rather watch another one of those Carl Jr.'s ads where they got a supermodel trying to choke down a, a cheeseburger that has pickles in it or French fries or ketchup what, uh, covered snack cakes or something. Like, I don't know what you're putting in those hamburgers. The, that girl is holding back her reflex like a, a, an adult entertainer. You got to stop doing that to supermodels. You got to stop making supermodels bikini girls Eat Carl's Jr. They clearly don't really do that. There's no freaking way. You know who eats that? Fat guys.
I've been having uh, computer trouble. Well, I've been having I've been having computer trouble and I've been having podcasting trouble. Now, the podcasting trouble has been that I don't have anything to talk about on the podcast that I, I supposedly do once a week. So the last time I recorded, um, it could have been a week ago by now. A week of really not. Well, I guess a kind of a couple things happening. Well, no, I get yeah, okay. And, and then I've been having computer trouble, and you know that. And and part of the trouble that I'm having is I can't get my computer to do an infinite number of things without crashing. What I wanted to do is uh, stream video, record video, uh, stream audio, and record audio all at the same time. Ideally, while also pushing out graphics and funny images and uh, lower thirds like on a TV, I basically want to be able to kind of conduct myself like the National Broadcasting Company out of my five-and-a-half-year-old laptop. And for some reason, that's not working. Why you can't just treat your laptop like it's the broadcast facility of a major network is kind of beyond me. But apparently, it it doesn't work that way. And I don't know. I don't. I don't remember how much we've gotten into this in the in the podcast. But you know, it overheats. That sound. Well, you probably can't hear. It. By the time I put out the podcast, I have um, eliminated as much of the fan sound as I can. Now, when you hear my voice and it sort of has this weird digital cracking sound, it sounds like someone chewing glass. That's the sound that's left over for me taking out the fan. That, that's what that is. That's digital FU from the file. Okay. So, but, but the real problem is my computer keeps restarting itself and it's been doing this for a while and I don't remember when it started, but it's been, I mean, it could be a year by now that it just randomly, you know, restarts. So I took it to the Apple store because it's an Apple and I'm not bashing Apple products. I use Apple products. My house is full of Apple products, but I took it to the Apple store and they said, oh, you know what the problem is? Um, The problem is you need a new battery. This is an old battery uh, and you need a new battery. So you should get a new battery. And I said, okay, so I got a new battery and I put a new battery in my laptop and it continued to crash. So then I took it back to the Apple store. I said, hey, Apple, it's a crash. Uh, and they said, oh, well, you know what? You're trying to do so much on this machine. You only have about half as much RAM as it can hold. Why don't you max out the RAM? Now, if you max out the RAM, it'll be great and it won't crash. Just make sure it's always plugged in because for some reason you always have to keep it plugged in, even though you just put in a new battery. But if you max out the RAM on your five and a half year old laptop, that'll be fine. So I did that. I maxed out the RAM. And they said, listen, man, if that doesn't work, you're going to have to probably back up everything on your laptop, wipe it clean, put a new operating system in there, and then start from scratch. And won't that be fun? And, and that should, you know, uh, do it. So so the RAM thing didn't work. The battery thing didn't work. So I finally got around to figuring I have to wipe the hard drive clean because I can't take it anymore with the stupid thing crashing all the time. So instead of doing what I should have done, because this has taken forever, I've put this off forever. This is right. So instead of being slightly patient for a little bit longer 
and going online and ordering exactly the hard drive I needed with exactly the connections that I need to do this backup. Because this machine, I really, I don't have FireWire 3, I have FireWire 2. And most consumer drives are now FireWire, uh, excuse me, USB. I don't have USB 3, I have USB 2. And consumer drives are USB 2, or 3. Now you can get a USB 3 and plug it into USB 2, but it's going to be slow. Because it's going to be USB 2, okay? You're going to buy a 3, but you're going to get a 2. What I should buy is FireWire 400. Maybe even, I don't know if this thing can take 800, but listen, as you can imagine, even if you don't know what I'm talking about, the bigger the number, the better, right? So, what I should do is get FireWire 400 because I don't have a new enough machine that has USB 3, but I got impatient, so I went to Best Buy not to incriminate them, it's not their fault. I went to Best Buy and I bought a hard drive that plugs in and USB 2 is really slow. And it took an endless amount of time to copy a terabyte of useless digital garbage from my laptop to this new drive. I will never... What I sh what I should do is just get a. Th isn't there aren't there things that instead of buying new hard drives in enclosures with power supplies that always die, can't we just get some kind of thing that you just plug the hard drive in it like an eight track player? Am I two fifty for you? Remember eight track players? There should be a thing that looks just like an eight track player that you can shove your old hard drives into. Is that what those Droby things were? Is that what I'm thinking of? Remember those things? All my cool video friends were buying these things that were... Was it called Droby? What was it called? You know, the next big thing. Sometimes it only lasts a year. So. The plan was... Oh, shoot. I don't think I'm recording, recording this video-wise, am I? Let's see. Oh, someone's here. Oh, is that Wendy? Hey, Wendy. Wendy, I don't really know how these Google Hangout things work. Oh, this isn't... Ooh, this is bad. I wonder if she can see me. Mm -hmm. We're doing a video test and it's not working. Interesting. Ooh. Cannot record. Yeah, I'm getting that impression. Thank you, QuickTime. One moment, Wendy. La, la, la. Is this working? La, la, la. It's getting hot in here. Hello. Is this working? Hello. Wendy, it's not... Oh, it is recording. Okay. Wendy, thank you for your patience. Okay, so... The plan was... Okay, so I... My, my daughter's in dance camp in uh, Irvine. Irvine? Yeah. Irvine, California, which is about, an, uh, an, let's say, an hour south of here. I live at Los Angeles International Airport. She's in Irvine. So, whatever day that was, I don't remember what day, Tuesday or something, I don't know, anyway. One day this week, I was going to go down there, observe her class, because that was the day we were allowed to do that, right? Observe her class, go to an Apple store near my wife's office, which is down there, I know, my wife has quite a commute. Have them wipe the hard drive clean at the Apple store, put the new OS on at the Apple store, 
because that was the big plan. That was the thing that was going to save my laptop, my 2010 Power Mac, MacBook Pro, whatever the hell it is, right? So we go, so, because that was my wife's idea and it was a good idea because listen, I'm going to have, I'm going to go down, I'm, I'm going to observe my daughter, but then I'm also going to drive my daughter and her friend home at 445 or whatever. So I've got an entire day to kill. I might as well do it getting the, the computer fixed, right? So I go observe. Now the plan is then I'm going to take the Mac to the Apple store. But not the usual Apple store near here. I'm going to take it to a place called South Coast Plaza, which is probably a very well-known plaza. And maybe plaza, maybe the word plaza was what should have given it the whole thing away. So I go on the Apple website and I, I get a Genius Bar uh, account, uh, application uh, appointment for, for South Coast Plaza near my wife's office in Costa Mesa, California. Now, I've, I've not been to South Coast Plaza more than half a time in my whole life. It was 20 years ago. Uh, I don't know. It's a mall. I don't know. It's a mall, man. You go to a mall. Listen, I grew up at the mall. Right? I grew up in the 70s and the 80s. I grew up in a mall. It was Eastview Mall, Victor, New York. Eastview Mall, just north of the thruway. Eastview Mall on Route 96. Eastview Mall. I messed up the lyrics. You'll find it all. At Eastview Mall. So I grew up at Eastview Mall. Now, Eastview Mall is a normal mall. And you have, what you have is two anchor stores, one at each end. And I think for us it was Sears and Sibley's. That's the main hallways between the two anchor stores, right? In there you got your Friendly's, your Spencer's Gifts, your Woolworth's at one time. I'm so old that the Woolworth's at Eastview Mall when I was a kid had a lunch counter. And then it does have the little, a lot of malls have this too. They have the two anchor stores and then they have the, like the little sprout that has another anchor store, like the kind of not quite as big anchor store. So for us, it was McCurdy's. So that was a mall. So what you do is you go to the mall, you drive to the mall, you park at the mall, you have your entrance that you always use. You go in there. Now for us, it was Fade Drugs. For some reason, we would always park at Fade Drugs and go in the Fade Drugs entrance, even though the, the mall had huge entrances. Now, sometimes we would use the entrance down near Record Theater, the record store. Now, that was my favorite entrance, probably because that's where I first saw Elvis Costello ever. They had a, you know, the wall and then a big window around the thing. And all along, you know, we had just moved back from England, I think. It was a little bit after that, but they just had this year's model, just 25 copies of it in the window. This guy with horn rim glasses and bent over a camera on a stand or something. It was just such a weird juxtaposition being in a Kodak city, but then seeing this British guy who kind of dressed like, Buddy, it was just surreal. Or we used the other main entrance, which was, which was the other side of Fade Drugs, which was the steak stockade. Leo's Bakery entrance. You had the fighting aromas of steak and lobster and crullers and old fashions. It was weird. So you had to really be in the right mindset to go in that way. So usually, fade drugs, that was that. But what you do is you go to a mall, you park, you go in, you go in your favorite entrance, and then you just walk up and right. Eventually, you're going to find what you need. 
If you don't remember where the leg warmer store is, you just walk from Sears to Sibley's, eventually you will find it. If you can't find the leg warmer store, it's right next to the wind chime place, then it must be in the little tiny hallway down towards McCurdy's where the Burger King was where I worked when I was 16. Okay, that's a mall. So my wife uh, decides she's going to kind of make Hudson come with me on this day-long excursion down to Costa Mesa, Irvine, which is fine. So Hudson and I are in the car. We've seen the observation thingy. It's time to go to the Apple store. And we go to Costa Mesa. Now, where we live in Southern California, because it's Southern California, it's, it's, it's Los Angeles. And we're... I don't know, five, let's say five miles from the beach. So we're on the coast. Obviously, that's what that means. There are a lot of, there are plenty of rich people around here. Not, not exactly where I am because we're so close to the airport. It's kind of weird trying to literally be able to see the planes from your house. So the rich people are a little further south or a little further north, but we have our share. We have very nice homes around here and nice places to eat, nice places to shop. We're not suffering if we go Right, in those directions. Well, apparently, there are way more rich people in Costa Mesa because it's more homogeneous. You know what I mean? When I go to Costa Mesa, I feel like I should not be there because there doesn't seem to be any margin for error unless you work at the mall. You need to be some kind of multimillionaire. It's really freaky. You can smell it somehow. So we pull into South Coast Plaza. And it's not like Eastview Mall at all. The anchor stores are Tiffany's. Is that what it's called? Tiffany's? Tiffany? Tiffany? Can you tell I don't shop there? Tiffany? You know what I mean. Tiffany's. I don't know. Nordstrom's, Tiffany, it's like every high, I can't even retain the names of all the high-end, it's just pure, it was pure, there was no TGI Fridays, you know what I mean, there was no like Kohl's, it was all just like high-end, 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 higher-end, valley parking, high-end, high-end, high-end place to eat, high-end place to eat, valley parking, more high-end stuff. For blocks, blocks and blocks and blocks, this whole huge area. So I say to Hudson, okay, <clears throat> we're starting to run out of time. What I should do is pull over, we'll call the Apple store, and we'll say, hey, Apple store, what, what uh, anger store are you near? And they'll tell us, and then we'll know where to park. But this has got to be the most upscale Apple store in the history of Apple because I don't, I can't imagine what floor space they're going to give up to just selling watches in this mall. This is for people for whom I, I don't like. I don't. Wh what do you do for a living? Are you all doctors? You all just take turns operating on each other? Like what the hell is going on in Costa Mesa, California? So we call the Apple store. Now I make the mistake at one point of pushing a button that was like technical support or something because I had a genius bar appointment. When I call, this is the thing, corporations, when I look up the number of one of your retail establishments, your brick and mortars, 
I look up the phone number and then I call that phone number. I was kind of hoping that someone at that address would answer the phone. Why would you give me a retail location specific phone number if when I call it, I get Bangor? It doesn't make any sense. So I call what I think is 35 feet away to get somebody from the Apple store in the building. And I get somebody from some tech support place in Austin. I don't know where they were. So stupid me, I'm like, hey, uh, hi, how you doing? Uh, Apple store? Yeah, uh, are you near Nordstrom's or Tiffany's? Which anchor store are you closest to? Oh, so why, why are you calling? What do you, how can I, how, how can I direct your call? Well, I thought I directed my call by looking up on Yelp, the phone number for the stinking Apple store. Let's, let's, let's start there. So finally she does patch me through to the Apple store. And one thing about being that far south, you're in Orange County, it's a, it's a slightly different culture. So you do have your rich, like lots and lots of rich people. And then I don't know if they spawn the like OC bro culture <laughs> or what, man. But the guy on the phone is like, Apple store, can I help you? Like really just like, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. Hey, hi. Uh, I have a genius of bar appointment. I'm a little worried on time. What's your nearest um, uh, anchor store? And he says, we're right under Sports Chalet. To which I want to respond, there is no GD way. There's a sports chalet in the mall that I am currently driving around. Unless there's some sort of gold-plated platinum and diamond-encrusted sports chalet tucked away somewhere underneath the Buglaviglia chocolates. What is that? What is that place? You know what I'm talking about. No, you don't. Neither do I, obviously. Yeah, we're right. We're right in your sports chalet. And he said the name of something else. And I don't even remember what it was. But it was something sort of equally mainstream, I guess, is the best way I can think of it. So we hang up and I say, Hudson, I don't know how we've got to do this, but we got to figure out where the hell there's going to be a sports chalet in the West Coast, South Coast Plaza, whatever it's called, right? But because I grew up at Eastview Mall in, in Victor, New York, in the 70s and 80s, it never dawns on me, even though we do have malls like this here in L.A. too. It, it never dawns on me that a mall can actually be on a couple of different sides of a major street. To me, a mall should be confined to a block. Now, if you want to expand all the way to the limits of that block, that's fine. You can go right up to four sidewalks. I don't care. But there's something weird. I'm going to go so far as to say this. I don't even care if one of your anchor stores is across, but not a whole other part of the mall. So we drive around South Coast one more time and we see that on the other side of the main boulevard, four, five, six lane boulevard, there is easily a quarter mile away from where we're sitting outside of Nordstrom's. I can see the top of the Sports Chalet logo. That's not South Coast Plaza. I I don't know what plaza it is. 
I don't care what plaza it is, but it isn't South Coast Plaza. I've been driving around South Coast Plaza. I don't care why you think you need to call that South Coast Plaza. It's not South Coast Plaza. Okay. I don't know if it's some attempt for a tax break to keep the rent high. I don't know what's going on. But trust me, folks, when you're looking for Sports Chalet or the Apple Store or whatever the hell it is, don't go to South Coast Plaza. Go to the place just north of South Coast Plaza that's kind of like the less attractive cousin of South Coast Plaza. That's where the Apple Store is. So we go over there. And now, by the way, the part of the story that I'm leaving out, and and this is just anecdotal, the dog is with us. Because we can't all leave the house all day and leave the dog at home. So Hudson and I have the dog. We have the dog in like a ventilated duffel bag. So I've got my laptop. Hudson's got the dog. We're running into this South Coast Plaza adjacent. We find the sports chalet. Now, bros... Bros, listen to me, bros. When you say something's right underneath Sports Chalet, what I think you mean is that it's right beneath the Sports Chalet. And beneath means under. So what I do... I can't do that voice because it's making me vomit a little bit. When you say something's under Sports Chalet, I look for Sports Chalet and then I look under it. And then I look under it a little more, and then I don't know why I can't see the Apple Store. Right underneath the Sports Chalet is not the Apple Store. It's anthropology or something. And right below that is the entrance to some sort of underground parking. So now Hudson and I are frantically trying to decipher the South Coast Plaza adjacent annex mini mall map. (coughs) So we can't tell if we're on floor one or two or B or Alpha Omega or, right, Tiffany. So finally, the way to find the Apple Store is you go up to Sports Chalet and then you hang over the ledge that looks down to the other floors. And then you can kind of under the floor of the third floor, which is probably actually the second floor, you can eyeline it and see the Apple logo on top of the Apple Store. So Hudson waits in the hallway with the dog because he doesn't want to sit around and be bored. I don't blame you. Now, I'm going into the Apple store to have my hard drive wiped and have the new OS put on. But what I'm really there to do is to solve my problem. So the guy kind of comes. He finally, he comes, introduces himself. Nice guy. I don't know what his name was. Maybe Kevin. I explain the problem, I explain the battery, I explain the RAM, I explain the crashes, I explain the OS, and the wipe, and the wipe, and the wipe. And he says, well, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like your video processor unit. Your graphic, excuse me, your graphic processor unit. If it's definitely crashing when you're trying to use such and such, or when you're trying to do so and so, I bet it's your graphic processor unit. To which I say, awesome, because that sounds way more expensive than just wiping the hard drive for free and reinstalling the operating system. So he restarts, or he, he makes the machine crash and he's looking at the console data and he's doing this and he's doing that. And there's a lot of, you know, chin scratching and brow furrowing. 
And then he runs a test. And I would love to know if these tests are real. Or if they're just a little app that Apple has. Or that anyone that anyone that repairs anything. Or th- is that really diagnostic equipment? Or do you just type into a couple of text bars some information and then you push a button. And what the app does is just stalls. You know, puts you, puts you on hold for five minutes while it's churning away. And then it just flashes on the screen a big fail graphic. <laughs> because this test... So... You know, it's churning and data's coming on like it's the freaking matrix or whatever. And then when it gets to the end and it says fail, the fail graphic is so huge and ridiculous. It's the equivalent of a a fail sledgehammer. It is so non-Apple that it seems like a practical joke. And one of the other guys literally walks by and sees the big fail thing and is like, wow. I guess it failed. You know what I mean? So I don't know if it's just like there's a list of things that they're like, listen, if we string this a-hole along, eventually we can sell him a $300 motherboard. Or, even better, a $2,400 brand new MacBook Pro. But the fact that the fail thing and all of that... And I know it's tech and it's supposed to be behind the curtain and see prompt and all that jazz. I, I get it. But the fail thing was so uncool and so huge and comical that I... Uh... So he says, yeah, you need a new uh, GPU. The GPU is already soldered on the board. It comes on the board. You just get the board replaced. It's going to be $310. Blah, blah, blah. And it'll, they'll fix, you know, whatever you need for 10, 310. I'm like, well, what does that mean, whatever I need? Well, you know, and I guess, I guess what he's trying to say is that basically after they replace this thing they're going to replace, everything will have been replaced except the noisy fans. Right? He's basically, they're going to take the computer out of the computer and put a new computer back in there for $300. I mean, tech guys, help me out here. Is that pretty much what he's saying? It smells like it. So that's the quandary. And I think whenever and, and whenever I get anything like this repaired, this is always my quandary. I always feel like they're trying to find enough repairs that need to be done to get you to the edge of the bubble. And the edge of the bubble is... Well, you could repair it, but, I mean, really, you're going to put X number of dollars into your five-year-old machine? I mean, X is like a third of the price of the new one. (laughs) We take American Express Visa and MasterCard. Right? So what's going to happen is I'm, I'm going to want a second opinion. I'm going to take it to some third-party Jamo. Because now, now Apple's got the diagnosis in the system. Right? Any Apple store that I take the computer to in the world has it in there that, listen, we're 10 seconds away from selling this guy either a new motherboard or a new MacBook Pro. Don't mess this up. So I'm going to have to take this to some third-party thing. And the third-party scam is always, we'll do an estimate. The estimate's going to cost you $70. But that'll go towards the repair costs. In other words, 
You give us $70, we'll examine the machine and figure out what we can jack you for. And we've already got you on the hook for $75 that you're not going to want to just give us. So <laughs> the ball is completely in our court. Like you don't even have a side of the court. You gave us your side of the court when you gave us $75. So now we're just going to hold your machine ransom, right? I don't want to be in that situation. Why couldn't I have just been rich? All right, thank you for listening to this episode of The Bitterest Pill. I'm Dan Class. I've been in my garage. Um, yeah. No, you know what? Uh, I've been in my garage. Like th- This is another episode that took three or four attempts to get it in the old can. And I, d- I got to tell you something. I don't know how much longer I can take it because I think this episode took a week. This was another week-long episode. I don't even know if I put one out last week. I'm so confused every summer i should just take the summer off and i don't and i've been so excited about video streaming and all this other crap this summer it's just that's not what's slowing down the stories there just aren't you know there are just no stories to tell and so yeah but i do at least have this messy but well-lit studio someday i'll have something you know what i mean anyway I do not recall what we talked about in this episode. I think this is 336. I don't know. I think I talked about going to the mall with my son. But I got to tell you something. The first half of the show, I have no recollection. I hope I hope I can find the recording. This show may only be a half an hour. If it is only a half an hour, what has happened is I've recorded this outro, I've saved everything, I've gone in the house, and then probably tomorrow morning I'll try to put the show together, and I'll realize that I've lost the beginning of the show. Right? And that's, you know. And the great thing is I won't be able to re-record the show because I won't, right? I, I have no idea what I said. Instead of doing hour-long shows where I just ramble and talk about ramble, ramble, you know what I mean? I think it was my friend Dancing Dave. Was it Dancing Dave Levin who recently said that maybe even more than Seinfeld, The Bitterest Pill, I have succeeded in doing a show about absolutely nothing. See, Seinfeld claimed to be a show about nothing, but it really was about a lot of things. I I really think that I do, you know, hour-long recordings Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, thank you for stopping by. I had a bunch of uh, a couple of friends stop by this week as I was recording part two. I think Wendy was here. Who was here? Nigel and Wendy, and then D- cousin Danny from WJPZ, Syracuse. Back in the day, I won't say when. We aren't that old. It was only like two years ago that we were in college. Trust me. Isn't that right, Danny? About two years ago, we were in college at Syracuse. Class of. 2013? Yeah, that would make me 24 or something. Yeah, that sounds that's, uh, that sounds about right. 24. Yeah. Okay. So a new thing is. So thank you thank you for every, thank you hi how are you? Thank you to everyone who 
supports the show on Patreon. Patreon.com slash whatever it is. I don't know, Dan Class, but I don't know. There's a link uh, on the website. But see, one of the patrons pointed something out very interesting to me, which was, it, it, it might be a good idea, he said. Now, this was his idea, Jerry. This was Jerry's idea. So if you're going to blame it, not it's nothing to do with Seinfeld. A guy named Jerry came up with this idea. So it's all his idea. So if you're going to blame someone, blame it's Jerry. So Jerry noticed that I sometimes forget. What I do is I just do what I normally do and I put out the show. I record the show, I, I make it, I, I finish it, and then I put it out and then I put it out so you can hear it. And then sometimes I forget to put it on Patreon for the Patreons, right? So Jerry, wasn't my idea, Jerry said this. So Jerry's idea was that I should tell the Patreon patrons, the Patreon patrons, yeah, uh, that it's out. And then I should give them access to the show like 24, 48 hours before the general public. And I said, no, Jerry, that's a horrible idea. Why would I hold back the show? And he said, well, you know, you really should do that. And I said, okay. So from now on, uh, what will happen is the, the, the people that uh, patronize, pat, patronize the, the patrons of the show, we'll get the show right away. And then the people that don't do that, just normal, regular, normal, sane people, will get the show when, when it comes out. <laughs> Whatever that is, I don't know. I haven't figured that part out yet. I don't know if it's 24 hours later, or 48 hours later, or just the next damn morning. I haven't really worked that out yet. But the, the Patreon people, no matter how much you uh, commit to or whatever, you guys get it right away, and the other people, uh, you know, get it the normal, whenever the normal thing is. And probably what I'll do, this is what I'll, maybe this is what I'll do, is I won't make the patrons wait until I write the blog post and do the artwork and write the write the thing and upload the thing, write all that. So once the show is available, boom, you it'll be and you'll get your little email from Patreon. Okay, okay. So um, I need to ask our um, oh shoot, I forgot. A couple weeks ago, I made up the name of the CEO of Jacket Media, but I can't remember his name. It was like. can't remember i think it was like taylor i gotta think about that i was trying to think of like a white young white ceo corny name taylor all's good what was it it was along the lines of like my next door neighbor steve whitebridge like that kind of name it was like taylor something because i wanted him to be yeah whatever it doesn't matter hey fake computerized voice that i get to generate the list who are the who are the patrons of the show? Oh my god, I'm getting I, I don't know how they like those people that do corny sh you know like the Tonight Show or whatever those corny shows. How do they do that every week where they're like, hey, hey Kevin Spacey's here. I heard you do impressions. Let's roll the wheel of random celebrity names. Wink, wink, and then whatever name comes up, and it won't be something that we've predetermined and rehearsed. No, 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 please don't assume that. It'll be completely random, Kevin Spacey. And it'll just happen to come up on, uh, like, Christopher Walken. Okay. Anyway, what are the names of the patrons, please? Computer voice that I will type up later. Hello. This is Taylor Everright, CEO of Jacket Media. 
This episode of The Bitterest Pill is supported by Patreon patrons, including Dave Jackson, Mike Hamilton, Flores, Harold Goldner, Tom Carroll, David Chase and Gerard Cortinez, Chris Class, Scott Mercer, Michael C. Rail, and Tom Ingram. Thank you for your support, one and all. Okay, thank you very much, Theater of the Mind. Thank you very much, Theater of the Mind. Okay. Can you tell that it's not can you tell that it's not 10 in the morning or like noon on a Wednesday and the sun is beating down on me? This is loopy 10:30 on a Saturday night, Dan, trying to do the outro. Listen, okay. So, I will say this, there're only a couple more weeks of summer and then the kids will be back and then I'll be surrounded by rich people and celebrities and uh, dealing with uh, the fact that my kids are teenagers or almost teenagers and they're actually living fun lives with friends and activities and talents and hair and I am just a guy with no hair no career I have a drug my, my biggest asset in life right now is my driver's license and the fact that my wife hasn't kicked me out yet though so those are really my two my two biggest successes that and the fact that you still listen to me blather on on a supposedly weekly basis. And for that, I am insanely grateful. You have no idea. Okay, next time, uh, 3.37. I don't know what we're going to talk about. It hasn't happened yet. Although I think I am going to talk about how... Um, now that my son is becoming more interested in girls, I do believe my friend uh, Brian's mother, who claimed she thought maybe I was a sociopath... And, um, what else will we talk about? Maybe I'll tell a story about, maybe I'll tell him, <sighs> it's so ridiculous. I like, I like that if there's anybody watching, you are seeing behind the curtain, trust me. Uh, maybe I'll talk about the first time I heard uh, NWA in celebration of uh, Straight Outta Compton coming out. The fact that I'm going to go see a movie with my 16 year old son about the formation of NWA is insane and awesome and kind of insane um if you saw fantastic four let me know how it was the reviews are so bad that i'm tempted to give up the 15 or 20 dollars or whatever it is to see it because i want to see how bad it is i'm i'm formulating a hypothesis that is this the superhero movie is over discuss among yourselves and get back to me okay thanks for listening to the bitters pill my name is dan class uh if you didn't uh, if you haven't joined me in the studio uh live on camera yet you know and whatever uh you know keep an eye out i'm trying to plan these things uh in advance and that's <laughs> we'll see once school starts maybe we'll set up a specific time and we'll do it the same time every day i don't know anyway all right thank you for listening thank you for downloading please tell a friend please uh you know write a review on itunes remember that remember when we used to write reviews on itunes 10 years ago thanks for that all right thank you thank you very much the bitters pill is produced by jacket media makers of fine podcasts since 2004 that's 